Hi, this is Becky out in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Um, I seem to speak twice a month, and for some reason, if somebody can't uh, speak and someone asks me to come and speak, I always offer my service. So um, it's not that I want to hear my own voice and my own story, which always helps, but I'm hoping to reach someone that might share some of my similarities um, and that there's going to be hope for the person on the phone tonight, newcomers or anyone struggling. Um, Easter will mark 18 years of abstinence, back-to-back abstinence. Did I become abstinent right out the gate? No. I came into OA 40 years ago. 40 years ago. So I'll give you my numbers so that you could kind of have a visual. I got as high as 355 pounds. Up to the age of 42, 43, I was only, I laughed, I was only 200 pounds. Um, I have been weighing 135 pounds for 17 years. It took me over a year. Um, I, I would say I came back into OA and got abstinent over 18 years ago. Uh, probably took me a little over a year to lose. Um, I got I came in I think at 290, but what I saw the highest on the scale was 355. So that's a 220 pound weight release that I myself did not do. Um, when I first came in these rooms and, and what it was like, I'm, I'm going to talk like two minutes to tell you what it was like before. Obviously, from the numbers on the scale, you could see that I qualify to uh, be a 100-pounder. My husband, who is a normal eater, always says, but you lost 220 pounds. Isn't there a 200-pound meeting? If that is an insult to injury already, because who wants to really admit, um, you know, when you've been living in a normal size body, and I'm 5'5", 135 pounds, when you've been living in a normal size body, you don't go around advertising that you lost 220 pounds. So on the way down the ladder of losing weight, People that saw me lose weight would ask questions. I was always more than um, willing to share the information um, about OA. Background on me, and I know I've spoke many times on this meeting and I continue to, and I'm willing to do service, like I said, and help with my story is I came from a family of six girls, six. Horrible, saddest thing to me was I was the only food addict. I call myself a food addict. I, you know, resonate with that. So at every family gathering, at every wedding, every shower, I was the overweight person. I was the one testing out all the things that people had brought to the shower, to 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 a you know, Tupperware party, whatever. I was testing out, and I always wanted to know the recipe. 
because I want it to go get the ingredients and I want it to go home and eat to my heart's content. I um, didn't like to eat a lot in front of people. Um, It made me very uncomfortable because I didn't want them to say, oh, no wonder she's big. No wonder she's big. Um, I had a lot of resentments that I didn't even realize I had from being in a family of five other girls, six of us, and I'm the only one with the weight issue. My weight was controlled uh, by my mother um, so that when I entered high school, I entered high school at 135 pounds. So previous in in the early years before high school, um, my top weight was 165. So you know, 30, 35 pounds can be a lot when you have peers that are thin. When you have girlfriends that are not 35 pounds overweight, you still feel less thin. Your, your self-esteem is still uh, affected. And, and so um, I was picked on. I got I got muted for some reason. I don't know why that happens. Can you hear me okay? I'll continue. Now, yeah, I can. Okay. I, I did get picked on as a kid because I, you know, was chubby and I had on hot days when I was young, I used to get blisters between my fat legs that r- rubbed together and I used to have to end up in the nurse's office with either getting cornstarch or Band-Aids. I used to hate the summer because back in my day, girls did not wear pants. So that shows you how old I am. I believe it was in the 60s that they started letting girls wear uh, pants um, to school, slacks. And I was so happy when that happened. Um, I was a sneak eater. I ate it all the time. I snuck food. Any extra spending money went on food. I thought about food all the time. I came into OA um, on my 30th birthday. I remember being over a friend's house reading the newspaper when I saw an ad about compulsive overeaters. And it said, if you had a problem with food, I went to a meeting. I could not believe my ears. It was like, I found home. Oh, my God, I found home. I walked into that meeting. I was about 215 pounds. I had just turned 30, and um, I had just went through a divorce, and I um, got the food plan. Back then, it was a gray sheet, and I followed the gray sheet. And it was in no time, maybe six or eight months, um, I got to about 155, 160. And I figured, ah, that's enough. That's enough. Um, So I never got back to 135 until 18 years ago. And here I was much, much older. And I'll tell you why I got to that number. Um, You know, what happened in my first marriage is I got pregnant and I thought that was the green light to eat because I knew I was going to be hungry. 
so I did. I, I, I felt extremely hungry, and I was stealing money out of my husband's pants when he went to sleep at night because there was a deli downstairs. And when he went to work, I spent, you know, money at the deli buying all that I could to stuff myself. I gained about a hundred pounds when I was pregnant and I gained it so fast that in the last month they sent me to Stanford hospital in Palo Alto to induce labor. Um, So, yeah, I got toxemia, and after I had the baby, my husband was very into his looks. He was an alcoholic. He was handsome. But as soon as he drank, I was his punching bag. He would beat the hell out of me. So after three years of marriage um, and being beat constantly and and him, him... causing a second miscarriage, um, leaving me in a phone booth because he did not pay the bills and I had a miscarriage in the phone booth. I bled to death or I was rushed to the hospital. Um, He wanted me to have that bypass stomach surgery where they removed so many feet of your intestines. And I had just went to my sis, my best friend's sister at 23 years old died from that operation. She was over 300 pounds. She had a little boy that was three years old and she had blood clots and had a stroke in the shower. And, and apparently she taught her little boy how to dial 911. He was only three, three or four. And uh, it was very sad. I wasn't going to lay on a table and have that surgery. Um, You know, the marriage was not good. I was beat constantly. I had to shove things against the bedroom door just so he wouldn't get at me. When he drank, he went nuts. I always had an ultimatum to lose weight so I could catch the next husband. So I will speed things up and tell you, I've been married this time around four times. The husband I'm married to now is not an addict at all. Um, it, it's, it's different being with someone that's not an addict. We've been married going on 22 years. He can eat chips, cookies, whatever, have two, three, put it away. Things will go stale. Um, I make him Chinese one night, Italian one night. I don't taste, take bites, licks. Working the program, going through the steps and sponsoring others gave me neutrality that I never could have ever imagined. When I first got abstinent, again, 18 years ago, I cried before going into an OA meeting. I had previously lost 100 pounds three different times and gained it back because my own will told me that I would be good this time. I didn't need to continue to go to meetings. I know enough, and I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. The disease and the mental blank spot that they talk about in the big book happened over and over What happened would be I would decide or my disease would tell me 
it's okay to have this. So-and-so in programs eating this. Every time I decided to make a change to my food plan, that's when I started to take my own will back. Little by little, I gained 100 pounds back. Then, three, four years later, came back to OA. Lost another 100 pounds. Next time around, did it again three, four years. This went on and on. So one day, my first two husbands died. My mother died and my psychologist that was treating me for panic attacks. All four of these people died in like a three, four-month window. Um, I was married to the third husband at the time. Then I really hit, hit the food. I really hit the food. I went from 185 to 355 in little over a year. I didn't stop, go, just kept going, just hitting the food, hitting the food. Um, I got so big, and that marriage was falling apart, um, I, I, I became single again. And again, I said to myself, oh, boy. You don't like being alone. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? So this time I had more weight to lose. So I went to a health spa and got on that treadmill, got into water aerobics, started going to meetings again because I used the meetings as my higher power. It's okay to use the meetings as your higher power until you become connected to a higher power of your own understanding. So it was okay. I lost 100 pounds in nine months. My hair just about fell out of my head. My hairdresser said, what the hell happened to your hair? You're losing it. And I had super, super thick hair. I had enough to stuff a mattress. Um, I just restricted. I restricted. I wanted to catch another husband. Well, let me tell you something, nothing works at all. Having to go to a wedding, having to go to a class reunion, any of those ideas, uh, they say in the big book somewhere, a frothy appeal does us no good. Meaning if we have some ulterior motive to lose the weight, the weight's not going to stay off. You have to work the steps, surrender, Start doing service by sponsoring someone else. Give it away, and you will find neutrality. And of Five course, minutes left. all right. Of course, that's what I did. I um, started listening to what my sponsor said. Started going to big book meetings. I, um, when I looked in the mirror after losing 220 pounds, I looked in the mirror and I said to myself. Oh, my God, what are you going to do? You've never lost this much weight in your whole entire life. Are you going to gain it back? What are you going to do? Um, you know, the big book and, and really understanding and changing the word from alcohol to food, working the steps, doing my, you know, fourth step, my fifth step, um, doing service, giving it back, helping another struggling food addict. That was the thing that kept me abstinent. The first year was hard. I cried before meetings. Um, you know, the first year, everybody has arguments with their husband. 
I, I can't believe that there's no one that doesn't have an argument with their mate. There were some pretty bad arguments, and I'm a hot Italian person. So there were times where I looked at my husband, and then I said to myself, are you going to eat because you're in a bad mood and you're pissed off? And I said, you know, I can't do this. Then the power went out, the electricity. Oh, the storm was here. My, my, my scale broke to weigh my food on. There were so many times, and then my first dog died, and then my favorite sister died, and my other sister died, and I'm like, oh, shit. I found that a connection with a higher power, not leaving these meetings, doing what my sponsor asks of me, being accountable, weighing my food on a scale, Four ounces of protein is four ounces, and four and a half is too much. Six ounces of vegetables is six ounces. Did I change my food? I've changed my vegetables around and maybe my fruits, but I've never, ever listened to what the other person's eating. And, and if they say, well, I eat this, fine, you can eat that. But if I change my food plan, I'm headed back and the disease will take over. So what I do today is I sponsor about four or five women. I'm on a big book study every day. I uh, weigh and measure my food. I never waver, uh, you know, from doing that. And I love doing service. And I hope someone that's listening out there will see that even though I lost 100 pounds three times and gained 200 pounds, one day at a time. It's 18 years this Easter, one day at a time. And I love being abstinent. I love it. It's like a diamond ring that if you tried to take it from me, I'd kill you. I protect my abstinence like it's the most important thing on this earth. And it is. It is because this disease is progressive and fatal. And I'm sure that that tiger that lives inside of me would like to get out and eat. But if I start eating again, I'll end up in a box six feet under. There, there, there will be no stopping me. So I take step one seriously. I'm powerless, and the only power is God. Thank you for allowing me to share tonight. I hope I said something for someone. Thank you. My phone number is 650-740-6039.